0: Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 55 of Riffs on Tap. I'm your host Alejandro. I'm back. I'm back this week as well as we also Woo. have another returning person to the podcast. We're back to a little bit more of a usual stance. I'm joined as always by Riley and welcome back your boy Brock Brock. You're back We're it's very nice to have you back. I'm happy to be back. It's uh, it was weird. It was a weird period of time not having you here um on the show as well as not having you in the house. Um, But uh, we're happy to have you back and everything, and uh, I know you've, you've been on some crazy adventures lately.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm happy to be back uh, and everything, because like you said, yeah, it was a little, the scheduling was a little weird, all this good stuff, right? I mean, I've been gone for the past a uh, little over two weeks doing some, leader, basically a leadership course is what it amounts to, so I can train my junior Marines on... How to
0: not be uh, dumbasses.
2: They did a nice. lot of trust falls. Yeah, and, it was basically... Uh, you know. Do
0: you, you do any surprise trust falls? Like, <laughs> you just randomly, like, in, like, the cafeteria or whatever? Yeah, so, yeah, you'd just be trust walking
1: falls. with two, two, you know, hands full of food and everything, and someone would just be like, oh, trust fall, and it's like a <laughs> 400-pound guy, and you're like, fuck!
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but also, because I know the military, it's big on their training, the truth stick. <laughs> right, so you have to pass around the truth stick. Yeah, so well, we did, everyone you has, has, to has to tell, tell the one truth. truth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, we did a lot of a uh, lot of group discussions. You know, like sit around in a circle. You know, hands on your knees type thing. Hands on my knees.
2: And that's um, that's just. I mean, it's why that we are the best and the brightest, right? We have the most fierce military because of the truth stick, and I think that's what a lot of people can learn from us. And that's how I, I think. You know, the world would be a better place if they were just more like the U.S. military and very kind to each other,
1: yeah. right? And you know the thing is with the truth stick is what a lot of people don't realize is is it kind of turns into more of like a, like a confession you know like you go confess to the priest and everything and uh, some people do you know yeah. so you you grab the truth stick and it's like yeah man I just I got arrested like a week ago for murder and yeah. you know I but I, you know, I got to explain how I'm feeling about yeah. that and then well like and a, it's a no know.
2: it's you know there's there's no judgment really in that and there's no obviously there's no punishment because you're so truthful about it and you're willing to confess about it. And at the end of the day, you know, uncle Sam forgives you. you exactly. And, it, and it's just, and it just it's crazy.
1: It gets the ball rolling for other people too. Cause it's like, you know, I've really been wanting to run over my grandma cause she has a, a fortune she's sitting on and it really just gets out all these dark, you know, energies and feelings we, we, we have within us. And it just, it releases out in that you know little, little truth, tr- truth circle. And uh, we're, we're better people for that. You know, we're, that's how we stay ready at all times cuz you know our mind is never somewhere else you know we're always focused and ready to go because we just talked about you know beating the shit out of the old lady across the street because she's taking too long to cross it you know yeah
0: do you think villains would have an upper hand if they went from a uh, true serum to true sticks
1: um i think they they might be unstoppable but that's one thing that we're banking on actually
0: they don't figure out the true stick technology yeah
1: they they just have not figured out the true stick so as soon as they do honestly as a country we're fucked
2: Well, yeah, but I think it's a good thing because the U.S., I believe, has the patent on it. I could be wrong. I think we at least applied for the patent on it. Uh, So hopefully that gets approved.
0: Is it possible to have a global patent? Because, like, you have a U.S. patent. But can you have a global patent where, like, all right, no one in the world can use this. No matter where you live, this is mine. I patented
2: this. I believe that because we're the U.S., we can. We pretty much dictate world law. Yeah, right? so I, I can actually
1: speak on that. So back in, ni- you know, being Intel and everything, right? Yeah. Back in 1964, the CIA did uh, apply for that patent, and it got approved and everything, and, you know, when it came back, it was like, U.S. patent. So in 67, they were like, no, 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 we want global patent, because fuck you, we're the U.S. Yeah. And it did take a long time, but... Uh, Back in 98, I think it was. I could be off a year or two. I
2: think it was 97. Yes. It, was like it was
1: November 97. Yeah, that actually, you know what? That might be right. Um, So, yeah, uh, we did get that global patent. Um, and then from then on out, which the other countries did not realize, is we had a little itty clause in there that said any other patents uh, produced by the U.S. would automatically become global patents. Um, so as soon as we get one out there, Other countries are just, you know, shows Does that apply
0: for me if I have a cool idea and I get the patent approved?
1: As long as you become part of a government entity in any capacity. So you can become a janitor at the, you know. uh, The CIA building. The CIA building. And now as long as you produce a patent, you're good. You're covered under that clause. Yes. Do
0: you guys know, I I don't know if we talked about this. Did you know that Disney owns all the works that their artists make, uh, including stuff that they do in their free time? So uh, a bunch of artists, when they first found out about that, they're like, well, it's not very fair. Like, I like to work on other stuff and draw this and that. Is and that
2: only while they're at Disney? No. Like uh, career. like uh, they
0: sign, They
2: sign something that says while lifetime earnings.
0: While they're under contract at Disney. Okay. So uh, a lot of artists, so they collect a lot of their art. that like They do like sketches or whatever and pick it up. So a bunch of artists realized that because they collect everything and put it away in a vault, they decided to just make a whole bunch of porn. And now you have the real life animators who animate these characters with like very realistic porn, and I they're like, that. "Uh, you own it, Disney. Like you said, you own all the work we make. Maybe, I think enjoy. That's, that's
2: probably why Bella Thorne started doing OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, there was a there was a YouTube thing. Uh, it was called, uh, oh god, they they would just make really like hyper. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like you know the artists that you know you sit down you sit down and then like they draw like your like your flaws or whatever and like they, oh, they point you out. caricature? Yeah like something like that right there was a YouTube channel that used to do that with like animations and they would just like like go into way too much detail with this when they did that with the Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd one if you guys remember that YouTube video well Disney ended up buying that um, they were like yo or Warner Brothers excuse me bought that because they were like hey wait that's, that's ours and they was like okay you own it that's cool and uh, it just, it spiraled way downhill
0: after that. So then, one is of that others. where we got Big Chungus? Yes. I uh, I saw a tweet today of uh, this person complaining about, I guess their nephew or whatever, is like six, and he's like, oh, wow, is this like the Big Chungus show? And I was like, <laughs> damn, like, I don't even know who Bugs Bunny is. they just like, that's Big Chungus. This
2: next generation is fucked. Yeah, I mean, no, 100%. Because uh, it's
0: been diluted. It's like, for us, it's like, oh, I know that's the Looney Tunes or whatever. Yeah. But... To them, they see it only through the memes, so they know it as a meme rather than what it was. So, yeah. It but I mean, meme,
1: of, memes have, do, you know, there's positives. Memes have a lot of power, like I was talking about this earlier with Riley. Uh, memes brought back Morbius into the theaters um, after, you know, it got Morban taken out. Time. It, yeah. It's time. It's always Morbin time. time. And not only did it flop the first time, but after the power of the meme culture brought it back a second time, it flopped again. Yeah. So, did, you know,
2: memes are so powerful. It allowed a movie to flop big twice. I mean, if if the power of memes and the internet and Reddit is just incredible. We it's got the Snyder
0: cut of the Justice League and did it make the movie any better? No. Nothing could save that movie. No the movie was, was
2: he's gonna disagree
1: i am wholeheartedly gonna disagree snyder cut should have been the original release and did you watched all nine cut. hours of it yep and that movie was amazing with the snyder cut because it gave so much more context and it made things make sense yeah but plus what's the main bad guy in that uh steppenwolf mm-hmm. he actually was uh he wasn't even really not only did, was he redone in that in the snyder cut he was a better villain but he wasn't even the main villain in the snyder cut dark side was the main villain is a completely different movie, and it was amazing. It
2: doesn't change the fact that Ezra Miller was a shit flash. Uh, uh, that well, that <laughs> well,
0: did you see the recent news? Is that uh, Warner Brothers basically has like three different options of what they're going to do with Ezra because. They just they they realistically don't think it's going to work out, and they're just not going to bring him back.
2: Well, I don't. I mean, he just got arrested again. So yeah, for, hey. for burglary, for they're, felony burglary. They're D- still trying he, to save him was, somehow.
0: Did he think he was the real
1: life Flash and that he was going to get away from it? Yeah, or? well,
2: I, that's where like a lot. I get a lot. I see a lot of memes on uh, Twitter, uh, and it's like Ezra Miller just as or it's the fucking uh, the anti Flash or whatever. Uh Zoom. Yeah, whatever his fucking name is. But it's like Ezra Miller, anytime, whatever. And then it's just a fucking anti-flash. Uh, it's so great to see. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. <laughs> them, sorry. Uh,
0: but they, they
2: get their life together.
0: I don't know, man. I feel like they're, all they have to do is just act in the fucking movie. All they have yeah. to do is just like not murder anybody and not commit any more felonies. How hard is that to do? I don't know. We, Me and my buddy, we used always joke about like Aaron Hernandez. The guy had everything going for him. All he had to do was not kill anybody. What did he do? Kill two people. I was like, come on, man. What do you do is show up and play football.
2: I I just saw, uh, uh, I guess, Antonio Brown just posted on Instagram or something, and he was like, you know, I have a – he's like, I really only have one regret in my career, and it's not calling, you know, the Raiders GM a cracker, and it's not doing (laughs) all this. It's not taking my shirt off and walking off the field in the middle of a game my only regret is that I didn't get to see myself play from the
0: stands.
2: <laughs> I was like, what? Like, that's not it. I was like, it's not when you threw the threw the uh, couch off the 12th story of the hotel or whatever. Almost killed someone. You know, that wasn't a regret. Hey,
1: at this point, Antonio Brown is becoming, you know, his own celebrity. Like, he's, he's, made, he's you know, he's uh, defining his own path right now.
2: It's just He's an these, influencer. These people, and you know, you can blame CT or whatever. It's just these people get these big egos, and then all of a sudden they're god. Nothing that they do is everything they do is just so much better than everyone else. You see it with Kanye as well.
0: It's it's not unique to that that field too, like uh, or that sport. Uh, I know soccer has, has his issues as well. Yeah, players asking for these crazy contracts. I know this. They got this guy over in Barcelona, Frankie De Jong that Chelsea's trying to buy him, Manchester United's trying to buy him. and But they're also in the middle of contract negotiations with, him, with his own club, Barcelona, because I guess when they gave him a contract extension last year or two years ago, they may have uh, done some shady business practices with the money, and uh, he may be illegally being paid and not yeah. paying proper taxes and stuff. So he's trying to renegotiate that contract and trying to move to another team. And he's like... I'm so, I'm worth it. I'm so good. I'm like, bro, you've got one assist in like fucking two years. Like you yeah. got no goals. Like you got nothing, man. I get you play for Barcelona, but it doesn't make you hot shit. Like
2: I just, I, n- I never understood that. I mean, it's clearly possible. We've seen people that just become big celebrities and they're still genuine people. Like I think the rock still seems like a genuine guy. Oh yeah. Like just down to earth guy. It's possible. You can Rory, be the biggest star in the world. Rory, Rory seems well. super
0: down to earth as well. Yeah. Like very friendly. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. I like uh, look at you All of a sudden, I was like, last year you were nobody. This year you think you are somebody. Yeah, and I was like, you didn't do anything from last year to this year. Um, but now, nah, yeah, sport. I, I don't know. All, with all that money talk, it's it's crazy. Like, I don't know if you saw the story. I don't. I don't think we talked about it last time. Is uh, Tiger turning down that uh, was it seven hundred eight eight hundred million dollar deal yeah. to join Live? Oh yeah, uh, which is crazy. His commitment to the tour. He's like. <laughs> Money, I don't need that. Like, he's already a
2: billionaire. I was about to say, he's not worried about the money, he's Um, just playing golf at this point to play because he likes it.
0: I did find out. So, let's say you know, you're a Cameron Smith, let's say you sign for 200 million bucks or whatever. Apparently, any tour winnings you get get taken out from that 200 you had signed with. Oh, that's not like a salary, that is like you can make this much money, but if you earn it. Then we just take it away from what we said we're going to give
1: oh, you. Oh, there's the there's the little uh, you know black line. Yeah, where it's like okay, two
0: hundred million bucks, but you win your first tournament, and you get thirty million. All right, well, you have one hundred and seventy more guaranteed coming eventually somewhere. It's not like a one year, two year deal too. It's just like yeah. this is how much money we're going to give you. You go earn it. You play in our tournaments. You. That's earn.
2: not a horrible thing though.
0: Right? But I mean, like it's
2: it's not it, it is definitely not a great thing in a contract. But at the same time, you still are guaranteed to get that $200 million. Yeah, but what if you
1: never win? Well, okay.
0: You, then, so yeah, you're guaran- I see what you're saying. So the thing is, no, you're guaranteed money because there's only 48 players. So even last place has taken home almost a million dollars. Yeah. Um, it's just what happens when you, you come onto the tour next year for live second year. You know you're required to play 14 of the 25 events. And you know you have $100 million left. You could technically win. You play your fourteen events, you make your hundred million dollars, you leave right at that point,
1: or like, redo your contract, I guess. Or
0: yeah. yeah, like what what happens at that point?
2: I'm very interested to see where this goes, where this tournament goes. They're clearly getting, high, I mean, they're getting high profile players. It's not like they're just taking Joe Schmo, who's 150th yeah. in the golf rankings. They got Cameron Smith, who's the number one golfer in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see if he stays the number one golfer because, uh, I mean, there's a big lawsuit going on now because the live golfers have not been awarded any World Golf Rankings points, which, which is not just a PGA Tour thing. It is a World Golf Organization.
0: The problem with it is because they play fifty 54-hole uh, events, they aren't eligible. They, they shouldn't be yeah. eligible because they're not playing the same level and the same type of golf, too. The other, there's a lot of issues with it that has come up a lot. I know for me personally at work, just talking about it and like figuring out like, how do you coincide? How do you have PJ tour coincide with like live golf and live is moving next year to that 25 event season, yeah, which is great. It's more events. It's what I had asked for, but you're required to play 14 of them. You only have 48 players on your roster. How does that work out when you play your 14 events, grab your money? What happens to those other, you know, 11 events yeah. If all forty-eight players played the first fourteen events, and they're like, "Dude, I'm in a hundred million bucks already. I'm. I don't want to play the rest of the events. I. I. I completed my commitment. What do you do when no players show up to your fucking fifteenth event? Yeah. Your twentieth event. You have twenty people show up. Ten people show up. What do you do at that point? I am, I mean, again, I'm very interested to see
2: where it goes. I think, you know, I might be in the minority on this, but I, I think that every major sport should have a a rival league. I don't think it should just be this monopoly that there's only one football league and there's only one basketball league because I think that ends up watering down the content. Well that has I think, happened. He, I think you get very complacent and you see it with baseball right now. It's very complacent. So, it is the problem, minor is, changes every now and then.
0: We do have leagues in other places. The problem is, in America, our leagues are the biggest. So yeah. even your best players from all around the world want to come here to play. They have their leagues. And the United States, you know, America has had other leagues, like the NFL
1: and AFL, right? It just diluted all into the AFL, the ABA and fucking NBA. It all went into NBA. Yeah. So at one point there was... Competition, but eventually, it was swallowed by the bigger the bigger league at the time. So I mean,
0: people realize they brought great ideas. A lot of these other leagues have fantastic ideas that would go on to change the way the NBA runs, the way the MLB runs, uh, football. And I think the, what the best case scenario is we it's going to be a fun experiment. Players are going to get paid in these next couple of years. And we're going to just we're going to take all those cool ideas that work and apply yeah. them in other places. Well,
2: and that's what the NFL did with the XFL. And I'm excited. The, the XFL is coming back next year, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, run by The Rock. Uh, so I think we're going to get a good product. I'm very excited to see where that goes. It was going great the first time around. Uh, that was the XF XFL. That right, that Donald Trump was a part of, or whatever, yeah. he, or was that the USFL? I don't know. One of those it was doing yeah. great, and then they that's decided it. to try to compete with the NFL in fall instead of keeping it in spring. Yeah. USFL
1: um, is like a referee, like umpire, like officials league. Like that's what my father was a part of. That's a thing. That's still a thing. It's, there were yeah, two. But the USFL, there was one a that league. was like legitimate yeah, with, with like, real players. It's, like, it's not what you're thinking. No. It was the XFL. You were right.
2: Well, USFL was a. Popular football league as well. I'm just saying. Which is the it's so not, I know it's not around anymore.
0: Which league is it that we just got another team here in San Antonio? I
2: believe that's the XFL. Okay, cool. And I uh, Heinz Wart actually is going to be the coach. Yeah, great uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, great wide receiver.
0: I don't know. I think it, it, it's more football in the air. It it should be exciting if they get a good draw of players.
2: I mean, I'll I'll definitely go to some games. I was I wanted to get when they had a whatever that developmental league was that was going on we had a team uh wanted to go to some games it just folded way too early uh yeah sadly because of covid but yeah i mean never gonna complain about more football if i got football year-round i'm happy so it'll be fun
0: no i agree with you man um but yeah i think live is we're gonna get a lot of fun cool ideas out of it and the players that do want to get paid are going to get paid Um, I think the torch is going to change things. They're just going to adapt and try new things. And I don't know. We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. I
2: think we'll have to see where some of those lawsuits end up, though.
0: Well, we already had the first one go through. The judge said that those three players that filed that they wanted to play in the Cup playoff event this week, uh, they just said no.
2: But I know there is one big one that... Well, there's two big ones: the World Golf Ranking points, Mm -hmm. and then there's another one—not a lawsuit yet—but the PGA is being investigated on its treatment of the live golf players. Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, fascinating to see how those end up turning out.
0: But I think it's it's going to be a big legal battle, but we're not going to see the results out for like four more years, probably. Yeah, definitely not. And at that point, the Saudis will be bored of the golf and they'll move on to something new. Yeah. It's like when they bought all those teams in uh, the Premier League and they were buying up soccer teams around the world and then they sold them all. They were there for a couple of years and they kind of left. Um, now it's Russia. Russia buys all the soccer teams now in the Premier League. And then with the whole Russia-Ukraine thing, like Chelsea's owner, they basically forced them to sell the team. They're just like, hey, like you can't conduct business here, yep. so like get out of here. Uh, but yeah, now it's Russia. They own all the soccer teams. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, especially next year, the PGA tour is also changing up some stuff too. I believe in 2024 they're going to a single calendar year season rather than this weird, like start in the fall and then goes into the next year. I just put it on a calendar year.
2: When it? I mean, yeah, I never understand the PGA tour calendar. But I'm like, when, when is the off season? There's really no off season no. for golf. It's, is where the season starts is where it ends. We have these other events that are just random that no one cares about. And then all, these are all the majors and then it just doesn't make any fucking sense.
0: November through January is like, oh yeah, you just forget about golf. Your mind just instantly erases golf and you yeah. just think, oh yeah, that's right. I never watched any golf these past three months. And then February just shows up around. And it's like, yeah, golf, I'm excited for this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the off season is almost non-existent in golf, which ideally there doesn't have to be an off season, Players can take a break whenever they want, really. Yeah, um, and you can play golf anywhere. There's always going to be somewhere warm to play golf. So, but uh, other sports news: um, the Yankees have been just absolutely trash. We made a whole well, bunch it's, of trades Joey they Gallo. Traded Joey Gallo. Yeah, um,
1: they've been they're what one and seven since trading him. Yeah. Fucking. It's,
0: been absolutely terrible same
2: thing with the Padres since picking up Juan Soto they are uh like one and nine I'm not worried about the Padres just yet though because they still don't have Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. uh, I think once they get him back they'll be fine they'll be able to get some chemistry what's his timeline on return uh he'll be back by the playoffs oh so I don't know exactly when I, I think he's playing triple-a games right now maybe oh, okay. or he's batting practice I don't know yeah but then he's close to being able to return uh, they might. Hold, I'm sure they'll hold them out a little longer. It's already fucking August. Maybe hold them out till September. Let them get some games in. But yeah, I mean, it. I think it was very clear cut who the favorites were going into the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think after the trade deadline, it just got a little more murky. Yeah. Now the Astros look really good. They made some moves. Uh, the Dodgers are still the fucky Dodgers. The Yankees will eventually snap out of this and they'll be a power again uh yeah it's
0: it's weird it's gonna how, be interesting it's weird as a fan because unless you're an everyday fan where you're constantly looking at every single move that's happening every injury every decision it's hard to to validate and go, why did we trade for X player? Or why did we trade away this player when you're not there seeing like, oh, this player is actually not great in the locker room. Yeah. And it's causing these other issues. Yes, they're on field, you know, performance may be great, but because of other issues, you know, a player may get traded that you realize like, why the hell are we trading him? Yeah. Especially like the whole Royal situation when we traded for what's his face. It was like, seemed like a good move at the time. It was like, oh, cool. This is going to sure up uh, the lineup a little bit. It's going to be good and it's, so far it just it's just not worked.
2: Well there's one move that Brock's team the Cardinals made. I don't know if he even knows about it cuz he was gone, but when they, they no could,
1: no reception these past 2 weeks so. <laughs> yeah, well the
2: the they actually traded the, uh Harrison Bader, their center fielder to the Yankees. Excuse mm-hmm. me? Yeah. It <laughs> <They> fucking <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. he's not helping us very much. He's not. he's not a great uh hitter, but he's he's a damn he's good fielder. Exactly what y'all needed, with yeah. a defensive
0: outfielder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of shit. Uh, I don't so the
2: f- fuck did we get for him? Uh Y'all got fucking nobody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what don't. the fuck? What the yeah, fuck? He, like, fuck? Yeah, a room. lot
0: of our trades for the Yankees, we picked up a bunch of players and gave away nothing for yeah. any
2: of them. <laughs> well, that's that's what the Angels did. Uh, you can't just drop a bomb on me like that. I, yeah, I told you. they're going to were gonna be warm supportive. me up a little bit, um, oh, the Angels. I know we traded a few players, but no one that we Noah Syndergaard. He was a good pitcher for us, yeah. but he's on a one-year deal. Mm. He's going to leave at the end of the year, anyways. Hey, y'all could have a catching him. prospect. Yeah. Y'all could
1: still make a run for it. You know, you're only 49 wins compared to second place, which is at 61. Yeah, I think
2: we're probably n- at least 10 games out of the wild card.
1: Well, uh, you know how many games you are out of first? I don't care. 22 don't. and a half. We're yeah. trying, they're trying to get the wild card. <laughs> we're not
2: We're not trying to get to the wild card. 11, 11,
1: wild card. 11 uh, games back. Yeah.
2: I stopped. I gave up on the Angels when I saw that we hit seven home runs in a game and lost. So. <laughs> <I don't laughs> I mean, I think that's. I mean, it was impressive. I texted, you know, my dad, and I said, "Look, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed." You know, it's hard. That's hard to do. It's hard to hit seven home runs in a game and lose. You have to try to lose that game.
1: God, you know, I kind of feel bad for Atlanta. They 66 wins, and they're still like seven games back from first place behind the Mets.
2: Yeah. That's like... The Mets are another team. They're fucking good. They're even... They're 73 wins right now. The Braves yeah. are good as shit too. They've had some injuries. Hopefully they're healthy by the playoffs. Uh, I've always been a Braves fan. That was when I played uh, my one year of baseball. That was... Chipper Jones. Jones. Was Legend. Above Chipper Jones. Uh, I mean, yeah. John Smoltz. Fucking great pitcher. They just... I mean... You know, Braves are a great organization. Got to root for them. I I, got to
0: support all the Atlanta teams, even Atlanta United, our shitty soccer team, which the team had a great first year, get introduced into the MLS, win the fucking trophy, win the MLS, uh, and then we haven't done anything ever since. It's like we don't know how to play soccer anymore.
2: I'm an LAFC fan, Uh, not LA Galaxy. Fuck them.
0: You know who uh, y'all picked up someone recently, didn't y'all? I
2: don't follow them at all. Uh, the <laughs> only thing I know about them is that Will uh, Will Farrell is a minority owner, which is why I am a fan of them. But all right, I think I mean, were, really, my my foot my real football club is Wrexham, you know? Oh, dude, gotta support right. my voice. <laughs> there was
0: some there was someone who just recently got uh, he came over to the MLS, and I was like, oh wow, he's at that oh, point in his uh, career. That was Gareth Bale. Oh yeah. yeah, we didn't want him at Tottenham, so yeah. uh, <laughs> we got rid of that. But I saw
2: that the only is only for this season, yeah. so he could focus on
0: uh, uh, Welsh uh, soccer, Welsh national. soccer,
2: yeah, yeah. Which I don't know why <laughs> they they suck.
0: So every Welsh team that's in the Premier League, just like they just flunder. They get so close, they're just like, "We're in the Premier League, we did it. Yeah. You guys are gonna get relegated this year. Get out of here." No, well, Welsh, Welsh soccer, Welsh shocker. Welsh soccer. Well, shocker. <laughs> Uh,
2: sorry, I went Sean Connery right through for a second No, James Well,
0: that's all for No, the Welsh have, have some fantastic players I just don't think they're ever going to put together a team It's no. hard because it's like I don't know, I feel like if we could just combine the Welsh team and the English team together I get they're two separate countries But like y'all are on the same fucking island Y'all playing the same league together Yeah. Like, oh man Having Gareth Bale on the English team Man, that would have been amazing all those years yeah. But yeah, soccer is dumb sometimes with geography and the way things work out.
2: So I never understand it because there's players from other countries that play on other countries' teams because they have a certain nationality mm-hmm. or they they have two citizenships or mm-hmm.
0: something. One parent's from France and one yeah. parent from Ghana, and that you
2: can just say, "Oh, well, this team's good this year. I'll go play for Ghana." Mm-hmm.
0: Right? No, exactly. It, it doesn't
2: make sense to me.
0: I, I feel like there needs to be more of a strict process for you to decide. It can't be so quick to be like. Before the World Cup and go, ah, I'm gonna play for the Nigerian team. Cool. Yeah. I'm be like, oh, is it because fucking um, Germany or whatever didn't make it in? You, yeah. you don't want to play for the German team.
2: Yeah, I have a great great grandmother. She was born in Nigeria, so you know, I'm just gonna play for them. Uh.
0: <laughs> the um, the team to worry about. So we have the World Cup coming up this December in Qatar. Um, there's, I think the English team is really setting themselves up for fucking. Well, this year, the women's team did win the women's world, uh, women's euro, uh, which is a big win for them. Um, we got some dangerous cats out there in the world cup. I think this is a year where we finally see someone new win. Uh, obviously, I'm rooting for um, uh, England, uh, big sport for England, all my favorite players playing on the English, uh, on the English team.
2: I mean, I personally am rooting for
0: America, but you know, fuck <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think we qualified for the world cup.
2: We actually, well, I think we did, yeah, we did.
0: All right, let me pull up the teams. What I think is 32 teams. we actually
2: teams. Uh, yeah, I was talking to my brother about this. He's a big soccer fan. But he we actually Oh really? Have, you never mentioned that before. Yeah, we actually have a we'll uh, talk to him about soccer. We have a um and he doesn't follow it a lot. He used to, he was really good at it, but No, we ha, we have a pretty easy group, I believe. Was that before I, or
1: after he broke his body?
2: Uh it was before.
0: Okay. Yeah. He I like that. He had so to choose funny.
2: He had to choose between soccer and uh, BMX. He chose BMX.
0: All right, let's go over all the groups here. Oh, yeah, Uh,
2: we're in England's group.
0: So in Group A, we have Qatar. They're going to lose all their games instantly, even though they have a very easy league. I don't Uh, know.
2: Ecuador this year. Ecuador Ecuador is very
0: good. good. Uh, Senegal is, uh, is actually pretty strong, but the Netherlands is so stacked. Uh, group B you got England. Then you have Iran, the U.S., and Wales. Man, what a what! So it's gonna be
2: England and U.S. coming out of Group B. Yes,
0: most likely.
2: So the way, also, so anyone listening that, and I'm sure Brock doesn't know either. Wow, anyone who doesn't, silent. anyone who doesn't know how the World Cup works, you have your group stages where you play, I think, twice Round against Robin, every team. Uh, right? Once against once, every team. Okay, once against every team. Uh, at the end of those games, the top, the most points between the top. Uh, between those four teams advances, right? Yep, to the tournament round. You get uh, one point for a tie, three for a win, uh, and whoever, (laughs) the top two teams in that group advance to the actual World Cup.
0: Which is a great way to do it because it sets up for awkward scenarios sometimes. It does,
2: and I mean, you can have a great team, I think, who was it? Was it Spain or Italy that didn't, I think it was Italy, uh, didn't make it out of their group. They had a great team, but they just didn't win enough. That uh, So, it can really fuck some teams over. You can have one team that just randomly wins a game against fucking Belgium. Uh, Morocco could make it out of that group.
0: So, Morocco is actually kind of interesting. Um, them, as well as... And they didn't qualify as the Egyptian team. They got some hitters. Um, they have some really, really star top players out there. The Morocco team can make some surprises well, they're especially in probably I mean, one of the most difficult groups just looking at it but you, you have, have to Croatia I mean,
2: Canada is not great Croatia's older so it I mean they made that big run what was uh, it three years ago four years, years ago, ago. Uh, Which they made
0: to the final is, is a big thing and they still have you know some top players on that team that
2: actually made me love Luka Modric <laughs> he was great I loved
0: him <coughs> um Belgium Everyone talks about Germany. And Germany is fucking fantastic. They yes, they have hitters and stuff. Belgium's great. But Belgium defensively is just absolutely fucking stacked. They do have their strikers too, good midfielders, but uh I think this is an extremely difficult group, barring Canada. Couldn't name a single Canadian player.
2: Group H is probably the toughest, if I had to guess. You got Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay,
0: and Korea. Uh, South Korea. Which, yeah. uh, funny enough, there's little they 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 made a little like poster of some of the top players and stuff. Like, yeah, Bale here, and you have Harry Kane next to Hyunmin's son. They play on two different teams. They they're on the same like professional team, but they're ones from Korea, ones from England. And uh, I like this little drawing. It's kind of cool we had Ronaldo and Messi together over here. Yeah, um, it's a fun little drawing, and I appreciate all the camaraderie there. But. Yeah, Group H, Portugal, Ronaldo. This probably is going to be his last World Cup. I know he's really going to put all of it into it. Um, Same goes for Group C with Argentina. This is most likely Messi's final World Cup as well. Um, He got kind of lucky. I don't think Saudi Arabia has that strong of a team. Mexico always has a good team but never performs well. Poland has some pretty tough players in there, pretty good players in there as well. Uh, Group D, France, a fantastic team. Like, oh, uh, they're just probably all the, the
2: favorites. If I, I, don't know, I haven't looked at any of the betting odds, but I'd assume they're the betting
0: favorites. Uh, most likely, Australia. They have a couple players that are pretty good. Denmark. Uh, shout out to Christian Eriksen. Uh, their team's pretty strong. Glad and to see Eriksen back. He, sad uh, to see him back on the United on Manchester United though, not yeah. Spurs.
2: But he he's the player. I don't know if you if you saw, but he collapsed on the field. Uh, the, yeah, it's like he heart literally stopped. dying. Yeah. On the field. Uh, but yeah, he's back
0: playing. Love yep. to see that. Uh, groupie, th- very difficult. Fucking groupie. Yes, Spain. Um, although they're older and weaker than they have been in previous years, they're always a contender. Costa Rica is very strong. Germany is always. They're fantastic. Uh, Japan is probably the weakest group in there.
2: But ju- I feel like Japan never has any stars, but they always play well.
0: They are a great, like, team. Yeah. But you're right. There are not too many stars on that team. Uh, group F, we went over? Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Um, I don't have too much to say. The Brazilian team, probably... Brazil, I would say Brazil and Serbia. I do not think the Swiss can get out of there. I think they um, will. I think I it's going to be th-
2: Brazil, Switzerland.
0: Ooh, I like that. Uh, you can't count Cameroon out... Um, they have it's like they have two players that are really good. I mean, um, at least
2: two African teams are gonna make it out of the group stages, because that always fucking happens. And, and that that's probably the gonna thing. be, I would say Ghana. Ghana usually has a good team, and then Senegal for sure is gonna make it out of Group A.
0: Yeah, I'm going with. Um, oh man, Morocco's in that tough group though. Hmm but you're right I think uh, African soccer is really underrated Uh, I think a lot of these teams really if they were given a little bit more development and their players didn't fucking leave to go to the bigger leagues they probably would have much stronger national teams because they're stars in every league that they show up in. they go to the Italy league, the French League the Premier League like they're stars they're fantastic players all of them Um, but yeah we are going to see yeah I agree with you seeing at least two African teams in the um, in the knockout stage Korea, I love you I love Xomming Sun he's a fantastic player but you're in too tough for a group I do not think they're gonna bring it together on that one
2: no it's gonna be Portugal and Ghana uh
0: so I was looking at because they're in Qatar and it's very very hot um it's why they're having it in the winter time for the first time uh even in the wintertime in November when they start it's still gonna be I think they said it was like 32 degrees Celsius which is equivalent to like 98. Ninety-seven. That's just hot as fuck. Like, yeah. That's just way too hot. Even for the wintertime, uh, it was such a big issue that all the stages are indoors and are, are air-conditioned because they don't want players dying. We the don't care about the workers. The <laughs> workers dying building <laughs> a stadium. That's a whole yeah. nother story. Yeah. Fuck uh, the workers.
2: We, we <laughs> care about the World Cup, the players. That's what matters.
0: But yeah, World Cup this year, super excited for it. Um, now that we've kind of got everything set up, uh, it was kind of... Uh, in question last year and then yeah. earlier they should go into it but it looks like they've got everything set up and
2: oh it'll be God fun idea. to
0: watch it's, the I mean going through these groups there's some good groups that'll you, be very interesting to watch you're gonna get fantastic matchups no matter what France Denmark gonna be great Argentina Mexico's gonna be absolutely insane I can't imagine being a, a hardcore fan of one of those teams going to that game It's gonna I, be I can't
2: wait to watch the US fucking destroy England like we <laughs> like we did in 1776 baby <laughs>
0: Dude, I don't even think I can name a player on the US team. Pulisic. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey still
2: All right, get it, get it through your head. Kristen Pulisic is probably the greatest player in the world. Who does
0: he play for right now? I don't know. Does he play for Chelsea, I, know, I think.
2: No. no, I think he's in Germany. I want to say he's playing for
0: Bayern. Let's take a look here. Uh, yeah, he plays for Chelsea. Oh, I I figured. I was like, "Oh, is Like, oh, he's on Chelsea, I believe. Um, he was
2: in Germany at one point. I know that for a fact. But I yes. think he was probably on loan or something.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's probably he's he's our best player. Um.
2: I mean, we you, the U.S. has some very solid young players. Uh, we're just not a strong soccer country in general. Usually, we've had some good teams in the past, but
0: you would think we have 350 million americans that we could put together you know 11 motherfuckers who know how to kick a ball around and one guy to like stop the ball
2: that's because literally all the great soccer players see the money that you can make in football as a kicker they're like hell yeah i'm in let me do that for a living
0: Oh, man. I guess it, I guess you're right. There's more lucrative ways. Like, we just don't have a system. You, like, you know, you go to England, and you're nine years old. You're playing in the under-10 fucking league for Chelsea. Yeah. And it's, you grow with that team, and they, they want to bring you up and teach you. In America, and we ain't got that shit. It, but you go to any hey, school, you play football. Yeah. It's easier that way. It's easier just to get into football that way.
1: Well, you also got to think that, like, as kids, like, even if you got a good, like, potential, you know, like, hey, this kid could be really good at soccer. It's like, hey, but we have three other sports nationally that are just like everyone wants to play here basketball, football, baseball. Yeah. It's like,
2: you're eh, you, we'll in one of those sports. Well, and because <clears throat> you think, yeah, we have 350 million people. Uh, the world has 7 billion and soccer is a worldwide game. You have much better odds being a better, a great football player to make it to the NFL than you do to be a great soccer player and make it to these Premier League. Cause yeah. They're not just pulling players from one country.
0: Oh yeah, they're pulling across the world. Yeah. 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 I
2: think you have better odds to make it as an athlete in football or basketball or baseball.
0: That's understandable. I, just, I guess I just kind of wish the culture was a little different for soccer and like I do,
2: too. It's a fun sport. It is. I mean, think, it's not always the most interesting to watch, but it's fun to follow. I mean, I do love watching the big matches and mm-hmm. the World Cup. and It's just I mean, they're fun games. There's a, a lot riding on these games.
0: Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get the boring aspect of it sometimes. Like, sometimes you do get those 0-0 matches and yeah. it sucks. Um, but for the most part, like Spurs this weekend, uh, first game of the season for them, won 4-1. Really exciting. A lot of goals to be scored and and it was fun. It was great. Great to finally see the team again. Yeah, looking good out there. Um. All right, that's enough soccer. We should probably get into music. Talk a little bit about music. Um. Did either of y'all uh want to start off or talk about any music? Or you want me to kind of get into it? Four all shows. right.
2: And we'll take that silence as
0: Alejandro can start. All right. Cool. I guess I'm starting it off. I'll cut out that silence. <laughs> um. No, uh, Beyonce album. Beyonce album came out two weeks ago. I was not here last week to talk about it. It's really good. I think um, it's very diverse, and there's a lot of cool genres and styles in there. She had a lot of help on the album. A uh, lot of variety of producers and writers. Um, overall, it was great. Uh, looking forward to the next part of the album, because I believe this is just part one of three. Um, And so, yeah, I just... It's crazy to see how she can just, like, be gone for years. Be like, hey, I have music. Here's some music. And then just disappear.
2: Is there and a like, reason it's, like, a three-part album? Or is it just she wants to release it in sections?
0: It's so it's it's weird because the first part is 16 tracks and an hour and two minutes long. That's a full-ass album. Yeah. It doesn't say part one on here. But all the marketing material says, you know, Renaissance part one is here. And I'm yeah. like... I don't know, you look at it, you go. That's a completed album. It has a start, it has a finish. It has like, you know. Uh,
1: is there like a story being told through it?
0: Like, is it like a progression thing? Or mm, I wouldn't say like, like a in your face story. I think it's more of like her being herself and being like, you know, I am me. You can, you know, you can do. You don't need anyone. Type of thing. Uh, just, you know, you um, there isn't anything direct. I think this album for her was more of a showcase of all the various cultures and sounds that come together to make what is music that the black community kind of can identify with and unify with. And there's so many different aspects of music that the black community has touched. And she was able to just take little bits and pieces from all of them and kind of bring it together in an album. Like there's some tracks that I'm like, dude, this is a house track. And I'm like, Oh, she got such and such producer who's big with Motown and fucking Detroit techno. And that's what came together to bring this track. Like, Oh, she brought in so-and-so because we needed this. Like now Rogers in there on this album. And so she, she, she's very, very smart. She knows her history. She understands the history of her music and the music that came together to bring, to make her who she is. Oh, yeah. And this is a great love letter of, like, all these great cultures and types of music brought together into one album.
2: I think that's cool. I mean, I would love to see more artists do something like that. Mm-hmm. And credit, because you have to be able to credit the past, right? And yeah. And remember where this stuff started and why you're able to be where you are now.
0: Exactly. And that's the one thing that kind of pissed me off about, like, in the 2015, 2016, the SoundCloud era of rap, Whereas, like, you're making so much money, you're making all this music, but you have no idea where this came from, where this yeah. started. Like, I think of, like, Lil Pump. He's, like, the best example of just, like, if you would ask him, like, who are your top five favorite rappers or the best rappers of all time, you know you're not going to get answers like Biggie or Jay-Z or yeah. Eminem. You're going to get people like, oh, man, Smoke Perp. That guy's crazy. And, like, he's, like, he's going to list a lot of artists because they don't yeah. know that history. They don't get it. Um, And so... Beyonce, just paying respect. Oh, Great yeah. album. Really happy with it.
2: Great to see respect to Motown, too. I love Motown. Oh, 100%. Fucking
0: Smokey Robinson is my shit. 100%. Oh, I, I would definitely say give this album a listen. There's a couple songs that obviously stick out to me. There's more of that housey EDM vibe, which I wasn't expecting at all um, in there. And I was like, whoa, like, fucking. And because I heard some of the tracks first on Diplo's Revolution on, on XM Radio. Yeah. And I was like, what a Beyoncé song? I was like, oh, this must be an edit or a remix. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just the original song. And I'm like, fuck, this shit slaps. Yeah. Like, it's good. Um, but overall, just congrats to Beyoncé. Please go listen to the album. I think it's really, really good. Um, it's a great body of work. Um, beyond that, um, the Inter- Interrupters put out a new album. If you're listening, if you want some more ska punk in your life, great album. Uh, I thought it was really fun. Um couple dj mixes there's a there's an artist that's kind of been popping up a lot lately in the edm community his name is fred again um and uh he's a really interesting character from england makes house music but he has a couple of uh his debut album was an interesting one i'm trying to pull it up right here it was called uh, actual life april 14th to december 17th 2020 and it was an album that Basically, he wanted to document the grieving process of losing a loved one in a musical form. And it kind of was inspired by some previous work he had done where he met this person at this club and had just such a wonderful conversation with it. He had recorded some of the conversation on his phone. And he wanted to not only take an experience and let it motivate you to make music, but take that experience and make it your music. So he actually has a lot of voice recordings in his songs of like him talking to people or him talking about stuff that affected him and made him feel something. And you see that and you hear that in all of his music, all these, um, these clips in there. And, uh, it's, it's a crazy project and idea.
2: I mean, um, it's stuff like that though, that make that's what connects with people and <laughs> makes the music real. Yeah. It's not just another song on the radio. It's something that you have a connection with that you've built up this project that is going to
0: mean something to someone. Exactly. That's that's what makes music art. And that's the one thing that really I really liked about the album and the idea for it was that he wanted to to document the grieving process and he thought it was only going to take a month or two. He didn't realize like when you when you lose a loved one, it, the grieving process is forever almost. And so that's why he it, it's April to December. Yeah. And he just kind of documents kind of like moments where he had a good day or things were not good. And it was, it was just a really, really fun album. But if you're not a big house person, I don't think the, mus- the musicality, the music of itself will connect with most people. It's, it's understandable. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea and the presentation behind it uh, and as a form of art. Um, it's really cool. I also got into Fred again because he has a couple songs that are just absolute bangers slap so fucking hard. And what a great name. Fred again. He has two periods at the end of his name too. I love that. That's a, uh, whenever artists will put like a, a little unique thing, part of the name. Uh, I always think it's kind of funny. I'm like, Oh, I get you. I get you standing out a little bit. Uh, and then the last album I had was Calvin Harris. Uh, Funk wave bounce volume two. Uh, the best way I can describe that album is, uh, I enjoyed it listening to it front to back. There's a couple songs I go back to, but for the most part, there is zero hits on that song. Zero hits that I would see played on the radio. Um, which is fine. Good, good, not great. Yeah. Which is fine. No, there's no bad songs on there. Uh, but there's no great songs either. Yeah. So, uh, I think the, uh, the song I'd probably recommend to listen to, um, just because I think his voice is so fucking funny, and every time I hear it, I laugh, is uh, his song "Ready or Not" uh, with Busta Rhymes. Oh wow! Because that guy's funny. Uh, he, uh, he's still alive. Busta he's still Rhymes. alive. Uh, unlike DMX, who he sounds just like. Yeah. Um, right You look at the feature list for the album; it's stacked. You got 21 Savage, Dua Lipa, Young Thug, Steflon Don, Charlie Puth, uh, Normani, Tanashi, Busta Rhymes, Justin Timberlake, Halsey. Uh, Georgia Smith, Lil Durk, Black, Danao, Snoop Dogg, Lotto, Sway Lee, Pharrell, Pusha. It's stacked. That's fucking, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely stacked. And like I said, none of the songs are bad. None of them are great either. Yeah. Um, So overall, I'll play a little bit for you guys afterwards because I'm going to, we got to update the playlist and everything. And uh, I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts, you know, but it's just very vibey. Yeah. I wish uh,
2: I didn't listen to a lot of new stuff this past week. A lot of, so my, My genre has not had a lot released recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is more coming out soon, but at the moment, there's not much. But there is one album that uh, I've been waiting for for a little bit. Uh, It's a John Anderson cover album. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just a lot of country artists paying tribute to him. He's not dead uh, yet. (laughs) but um, (laughs) They're preparing for it. They're preparing for it. I mean, it'll come, right? (laughs) Release date Uh, to be determined. He, I mean, he is up there in age, but so it, it was a cool album. You have Sierra Farrell on there, mm-hmm. uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, yep. Eric Church, Tyler Childers, yep. Luke Combs, Sturgill Simpson, Brothers Damn. Osborne, Jamie John. <laughs> I mean, there's, Jesus there's some it's heavy stacked, hitters on there. Yeah, just everyone stacked. is there. Uh, great album. I loved it. Um, other than that, AJR just put out a new song called I Won't. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, it on the radio. Banger. Yeah. Love that song. Yeah. Oh, you heard it on the radio?
0: Uh, it was on Diplos Revolution. Or, no, it was on Alt Nation. Yeah, yeah. They're
2: I mean they're getting pretty big. Uh but yeah, they they had played this what she said. They've been playing this live. Fuck you. They've they've been playing this live. Fans have been asking for it for a while. They finally put it out. Uh I guess kinda of blowing up, I guess. But
0: so I, I know Madison who the main host over at Alt Nation, she's a big A G art person. Yeah. So like their music is played on there very frequently. And so that's that's where I heard about him originally Was yeah. just listening to Alt Nation uh, But the new song is very good I really liked it
2: Yeah I loved him And then Noah Kahn uh, Proud of him His song is number one on the Viral 50 on Nice Spotify That's fucking awesome and It's climbing oh, yeah. the billboard charts as well uh, Very glad I told uh, Noah I sent Noah that And I, uh, I told him I said Zach Bryan and Noah Khan Might have made the two most impactful songs of the year I see it all over the place on social media. That and uh uh Something in the Orange by Zach Bryan are very popular. Uh and it's I just love that there's kind of this uh underground folk revolution that's starting to make its way to the surface. We're starting to see folk come back into the mainstream and I love it. I think it's great.
0: No, I I think it's it's fantastic. Um I don't know, yeah, the Noah Conflict is so good. It's so good and it was very organic yeah he did some promoting for it but for the most part like people just fucking took to that song
2: what i mean what drew me in the first time i heard him was just the genuineness of his lyrics like it's he's singing from a real place like it's his words that he's singing it's not just some machine that said sing these lyrics and it'll be popular like it's he's kind of grown himself into this artist that he is now and i think his word like his songs actually mean something yeah they're not just empty words
0: so this podcast is interesting because it's proof, like the documentation, the proof on the internet that y'all have been preaching Noah Khan since day one. Yeah. And so back then, like, it was a joke to be like, oh, is he going to be at ACL? But now we're at the point where it's realistic that, like, he's the rest of his music, is catalog, going to get picked up by a lot more people, and we could actually see him start moving his way up.
2: He, I mean... <clears throat> He's playing some big venues. So he just announced another tour, sadly not coming to Texas again, but it's mostly like Northeast and Northwest, which makes sense for his kind of music. Um, Although he would do great in Austin. Uh, But yeah, I think you're about to see him kind of explode, which I'm excited for. I've been listening to him since it said, uh, you know, on Spotify, it just says less than 5,000 or whatever when it has a certain amount of plays. Yeah. so I've been listening to him since that and just to see him blossom into what he is now. I think his most played song is Hurt Somebody. Uh, it's got over 100 million plays. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's always cool to see that.
0: I think we should try a new game and we seem to kind of find a time to do it. A time in the year to do it is we should all pick an artist. Uh, we can also do players too uh, for different sports. Who do we want to put money on that we think at the end of the year is going to be way bigger or way more successful than where they started the year off? That would be fun. I would love to do that. And we'd just be like, this is an artist. we got under 5,000. This is our
2: our artist to watch.
0: Yeah. This is our artist to watch. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun to just pick our artists and, you know. Give updates and feedback throughout the year like oh man so and so put out this new a song or whatever and it's yeah. doing really well or they put on an ep and it'd be fun to just have our, our little artists to watch as we go through the year um
2: that would definitely be i would do that so i would have I, I, I picked noah <clears throat> khan at the beginning of yeah the you would have yeah i <laughs> mean
1: so, so i actually have a tidbit for the music portion um <laughs> not any new music but i think this is kind of funny um one of the things i did with my leadership course that i just took was we had to do a public speaking event. It had to be somewhere between three to five minutes long. Um, I maxed the time. I got it perfect at like just under five minutes. Um, but I, not only did I have the highest grade, uh, rated uh, public speaking event, um, apparently mine was so good that it was done like professional. They they said I had a very professional style and that no one else in the class could really compare to my presentation. Mm -hmm. My presentation was on why CCR had the greatest four-year stretch as a rock band and and why they are the greatest rock band because of that. And I did that for five minutes. And by the end of it, I got a standing... I was the only person to do a presentation. I got a standing ovation from my class. (laughs) And this is when we all just started knowing each other. And I fucking blew them out of the water with this. Even the instructors were like, Fuck! I need to go back and listen to CCR, and I was like, You're I've "God been damn right!" Preaching this
2: again for a while. <laughs> yep. I mean, CCR had one of the greatest stretches that music has ever seen—probably the greatest. Well, and I, I
1: even think. learned that it technically was only a th- for the core four core mo- members. It was only a three-year stretch because in that fourth year, it was just the three of them. And yeah. I was like, "Huh? Okay." So, like, you know, there's that. And I'll, but, anyways, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, just throw threw that out there. So, you shout out to <laughs> Riley for initially introducing yeah. this idea to me. Even though obviously, I never have not been a fan of CCR. I love CCR. Yeah. I just he just introduced me to the idea of hey, they might be the greatest rock band ever because of their four year stretch. And I was like, huh. And did a presentation
0: on that and fucking killed it. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's awesome about the presentation. Of course, public speaking has never been an issue for you. I feel like you just carry yourself so confidently. You could have talked about a rock for the whole time. Your pet yeah. rock. Yeah, I think so. you would have probably gotten a perfect score. <laughs> um, and hopefully, that comes through on the mic. That like how charismatic you are. Um, because yeah, you're just a good public speaker. You're just a good speaker. You yeah. speak very well.
1: Well, I mean, that's, you know, take it back to my original job with this podcast. I was the marketer for this podcast. I just walked up to random people at a bar and been like, hey, you ever listened to a fucking podcast before?
0: True. And now you're on the mic. It <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so was just like, we, we, you know, I, I see talent and I'm just like, we're going to move them up the ranks here. <laughs> Soon you're going to be hosting a podcast. Hey, <laughs> I do love the
2: idea of me being Brock's ghostwriter though. I'm a great private speaker, right? Brock's great at actually putting it out to the public, Yeah, uh, but I'm great at just, in in private, just these ideas come to me, and I'm a genius, right? I just can't <laughs> put it out into the public. Uh, so I just give these ideas to Brock, he presents them to people, and all of a sudden, they're taking off. You're so, like... Uh, Some these people are going to go talk about how CCR is the greatest rock band of all time now. <laughs> you're,
0: uh, you're like Nate the Great, before he built up his confidence, where he's yeah. just like, you have all the smarts, you have all the ideas. But you, yeah, you pass them on to Brock to get. You yeah, know, I would it, say it another you just your ideas. We got another
1: great uh, example of that is Riley's universal signal for uh, "give me your vape." Um, you know, he presented that to me, and I brought that over to the course because I was like the drug dealer for them with the vape. I got all God. these motherfuckers vaping, and they wanted to ask me for it. But they, you know, we were we'd be in class, someone would be teaching, and so you had to be quiet about it. So to get my attention, I was like, "Hey, you know, do the little like." You know, you're just squeezing your hand together you're like you're, you're trying to grab something like if you were hitting a box mod, basically yeah,
0: I feel like I would do the hand like hand closed to the mouth Well, that's, like, that's what that's they were doing.
1: Favorite. But like initially when he showed me it was because you know the box mod, You got to squeeze it together to, yeah. to hit it. So yeah. that's where that came from. Yeah So I just had the whole class at one point, you know, eventually just turning around to me and just doing that and That that's <laughs> that's stuck for two weeks and I guarantee
2: you that they're now going to go back to their respective states across the
1: country. They're going to go to their friend group. And and they're going to do that. Yeah.
2: We are very soon going to have some TikToks surface about that and about CCR being the greatest band of all time and eventually Noah Kahn being the greatest songwriter of our generation. Uh, the article's
0: already written. They haven't posted it yet. They're but, waiting for the right moment.
2: But and then it's gonna. I'm gonna see this, and I'm gonna be like, "These are my arguments. Where the fuck did this come from?" And I just, <laughs> it comes from Brock, and then goes to a source, and then another source, and then all of a sudden, my ideas are in the world, and I'm taking over the world with my ideas. So but this no one
1: back. That. This circles back to the fact that because I'm part of a government entity, we need to put that fucking copyright out now and yes. get that globally copyrighted. <laughs>
0: The the government's just gonna steal. That's gonna be the new fucking like yeah. y'all are in the bushes or whatever, and you're just like, all right, dude, he's a vape. All right, we got him, bro. Get yeah. it down there, do him the jewel. <laughs> <laughs> jewel, we don't have those anymore. Yeah. They are, are still a thing, actually. Yeah, they so are still a thing because okay.
2: because there's an appeal process. They are still in stores. But uh, there's
0: a chance that we that the company just shuts down.
2: Yes. That they cease to exist, uh, which well, doesn't United make States. sense to me, because Jewel actually recently was taken over by Views as the uh, Views is now the most popular, uh, I guess, stick fucking vase. Yeah, because you can get it British everywhere, company, and right? it's cheaper. Yeah, a British company. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me that they went after Jewel. I guess Jewel is. The universal term for it was, it one was of pioneering these vapes, right? It's people just see one of these and they say, Oh, it's a jewel. Uh, so it was easy, an easy target. Uh, but it's just, I think it's a a vain attempt at trying to limit the amount of vapes because you're just going to have another company pop, pop up, up and take over.
0: We've seen that with the disposable vapes as well. Yeah, you've got you know, you're currently at the Escobar, yeah, like that is the premium. I so have like a new everything. vape
1: that is going to take that over, by oh. the way. Yeah, because yep. it always happens. It's every mm-hmm. couple yeah. months.
0: We a new. one. So, I'm curious. What's the next one?
1: Uh, it's called an Elf Bar. And as far as, to my knowledge, it is only sold in, like, specific places right now. But I've had I feel it. I like f- I've seen those. I've had it for the past two weeks. And I you know how much I vape. So, I was hitting that like a motherfucker. Great flavor and everything. You just got to charge. You know, it's a chargeable one. But it's disposable after, you know, what you've done with it. Yeah. But that thing not only lasts forever. Um, it hits great every single time. Great flavor. And... But the big, the big selling point is how long it fucking lasts as a
0: disposable vape. How much is it compared to the Escobar? The Escobar is what twenty bucks. Yeah, this one's, uh, this one's like twenty bucks as well. Okay, because I know puff bars were a big thing for a while, yep, yeah. and then the Escobar's came on the scene. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think Juul is now, like you said, like not the leading electronic cigarette. No, Vuses, and before that, even before Juul and Views, we had. Like, I remember in high school the blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, electronic blue, yeah. cigarettes, which I feel like that company was primed to do well. I don't know why they didn't. They just didn't capitalize, I guess. Yeah.
2: It. I, I don't know. I think... Uh, Jewel just got targeted
1: so much because they pioneered the way for, like, the the craze that is now vaping, right? Like, I mean, yeah. they, you know, you had the box mods which were kind of they people. Well, I think the thing
2: that they did different uh, initially was the flavors, right? You had your yeah. mango and whatever the fuck else they had. Yeah, I think blue um, only came in, like, menthol. Yeah. There were no flavors. Once they cut down on that, then you had all these other companies start taking over. all these disposable vapes come out where you had your random flavors, you know, your strawberry, mm-hmm. watermelon, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's where those started to take over. Uh, I think that was the downfall of jewel And, again, now I think they're just a scapegoat. It's just the popular term is jewel. So, Yeah, see. I think
0: the design of it—it it was sleek and easy to use, and it was relatively cheap to get your hands on one. And that made it accessible. The The more you can make something accessible, the more you can put it into people's hands, the more it yeah. can really take over. If I told you that you had to, like, flip over backwards to get a spot or a jewel pod, you're probably going to just pick the next best option. Yeah, Jewel was just at the right time, at the right moment, and extremely accessible.
1: I, I would agree that they're the scapegoats. The United States is a way of saying, hey, we're trying to tackle this problem. You guys know Jewel. You know how popular it is. We're attacking them. But in reality, now it's kind of like,
2: well, well, and it's. Yeah, I mean, you're going after this, but why aren't you shutting down these cigarette companies? Why is Marlboro still a thing, right? Like it's, exactly. You don't care about the actual problem.
0: I saw Marlboro has a new pack. It's called Extra Cancer. Yeah. Uh, they're selling really well. Yeah. So, they, why are we doing nothing about this guy?
2: Up to the amount of tar in them. <laughs> 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 really yeah, really
0: it, gets in those lungs really coats those lungs they don't the uh, fDA no, no filters the fda <laughs> doesn't
2: give a shit about the actual problem it's just probably jewels stopped paying so as much money yeah. to them yeah. under the table and
1: yeah it's just the it's the publicity aspect of it you yeah. know like what is what is at the forefront what do people want to see us trying to make better they want us to see like jewels off the market okay we'll make jewels off the market yeah we don't care if someone else is t- has already taken them over, yeah. you know, being more popular. We don't the, care.
0: The thing is, I want to know if they're going to try to make a blanket on electronic cigarettes and remove just, yes, Jewel is the person whose name is in the lawsuit, but is it going to affect every other electronic cigarette? It
2: will. Uh, Views is going to see their sales double. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It's not, uh, they're not actually going to attack the electronic cigarette market. I don't think, uh, uh, they're just they, they want to, again, like Brock said. They just want to see people seeing them trying to do something, quote unquote, trying to help the issue. Uh, but you're not going to.
0: Who owns views Do you guys know?
1: It's a British company, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like, look at let's look at cigarettes, right? Like back when cigarettes were so hot and heavy they had commercials for cigarettes and they were like oh you want us to tackle the problem well we'll just stop doing commercials we're not gonna tackle cigarettes we're just gonna take them off air
2: we'll take we'll take away joe camel yeah and yeah doesn't do anything to affect sales people are still gonna go get their camel cigarettes
0: that's what i'm curious if um we're at the end of the podcast here and i'm about to go on a fucking conspiracy tangent (laughs) i'll keep it extremely short here have you all thought that the Esco bars and these are the Elf bars, yep. what they're called? Have you ever thought about that the companies that own them are actually Marlboro and Camel and all that and that they have a subsidy company, that they have a whole new name, new whatever, and they're getting people on both sides of the market. It doesn't matter if you buy a cigarette or an e-cig. We own both.
1: That's a
2: good. I thought. mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure there is an electronic cigarette that is owned by Marlboro that is owned by Camel. That has
0: uh, no affiliation, unless you look into the book. Yeah, I'm sure there. Is. Yeah, because
2: I mean, like, who? Which
1: one of us would take the time to do that? You know, or like, give a shit to, to the make the connection. The
0: reason why I mentioned it is because I learned about Carvana and Drive Time. Is Drive Time? If you guys are familiar, ooh, thankful that's lightning or yeah. some thunder. Hopefully, we'll get some rain today. We've been really needing it. It's been still in a drought. So, are you guys familiar with Drive Time? The car dealership. Uh, no Can't so it's it's a car dealership that sells used cars they don't really sell new cars it's, it's all used cars and their whole thing is that we want to get you that low monthly payment we'll do whatever it takes because they know they just fiddle with the numbers in the background the interest rate the down payment whatever yeah. they fiddle with all the numbers to get you that monthly payment so drive time they really take advantage of people because they'll put them on these crazy subprime loans crazy interest rates they're absolutely fucking over the customer but they move product what they then do is they take those loans and then they sell those and that's where they really make their money is selling these subprime loans. And now you you're, you know, uh, owing money to someone else. Carvana, they're in a lot of legal trouble currently because of the, doing the exact same practices. And people were were wondering like, man, that's crazy. This is twice in a row that we've had these really sketchy car dealerships. Well, they looked into it. Well, the owner of drive time, uh, I forget his name. Uh, his son is the one who's the CEO of Carvana. Ah. So they were connected the whole time. Yeah. And so that's why I bring it up, is that, like, I wonder if the cigarette companies or the tobacco companies are smart enough to go, let's hit them on both sides. Let's make a subsidy company that's not affiliated or tied to us, and we start producing all these. Elf Bar, they were probably making Puff bars two years ago. It's the same company. Yeah. Fucking new packaging, new logo, new branding, but the ownership has always been the same. Yeah. not a conspiracy theory. I do not have any facts on that, but, hey- if I was a business person, I think that's a great way to make money. You really you own the market completely, one hundred percent, and yeah. no one realizes it. So, but that was kind of my piece on uh, on vaping. It's always going to be around. It's never going to go away. Yeah. it's just it's part of. It's our so-
1: solidified itself as one of the vices.
0: Yeah, so. it's part of our culture. We thought we were going to get rid of cigarettes, and we did for the most part. I I rarely see cigarettes. I see them at work sometimes because people smoke them, but for the most part, like it's all vapes, man. All vapes, especially our generation. Yeah, which is easier. Yeah. So. But uh, all right, do y'all have any final uh, comments, final notes before we get out of here?
1: One quick thing: any anime fans out there? Then there's a new Dragon Ball Super movie coming out with Gohan Ooh. and Piccolo. Uh, new animation style; it's more of that 3D animation style. So very excited. Uh, only teaser trailers that I've seen so far, but yeah, uh, that will be dropping in like a month or two.
0: Gohan so. getting a new form. Oh shit! He is he's gonna go beyond? Um, Was Supreme Kai released, or yeah. he has one above that, and he has another one above that now? Damn, Gohan Gohan is the strongest fighter in Universe Seven, and it's undisputed, and everyone knows that he's the strongest. Depending on
1: which uh, timeline you're in, because some some timelines Gohan's dead, correct. Some timelines he's got one arm, correct, and he never goes Super Saiyan, <laughs> correct.
0: Um, I, in my opinion, I think, I think Gohan has way, he's way stronger, but never can, n- there's never a moment where Gohan's going to fight Goku.
1: He's never consistently at that level. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's there when he needs to be all the, all the, the situation needs to be right for him to fully unlock his, like yep. in, in, with team Gohan, when he fights, uh, Cell. Yep. all the makings were just perfectly right to make him the strongest fighter on the earth at that moment. Um, uh, but. Riley, got any final thoughts here? Uh, no, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. Um, <laughs> we'll I guess go listen to the new
2: AJR song. Uh, be on the lookout for new Noah Khan and Charlie Crockett music. Charlie Crockett, his album comes out September 9th. Uh, which, I'm sure he'll release a, at least one or two more singles before that.
0: Um, which we may try to go see him uh, They uh, September 3rd. September 3rd. So at all the UT home football games, they have a thing called Longhorn City Limits play on Austin City Limits. Yeah. And they have a concert series. And so Black Pumas was the artist that was there last year. Fantastic artist. They played a bunch of shows. Charlie Crockett's going to be the artist for this year. So uh, hopefully we get to go to a home game. Yeah. Go see Longhorns play. Even if we don't get to go to the game, get to go to the concert series. It's going to be fun. So, but uh, that's going to do it uh, for us here at Riffs on Tap. Uh, if you like what you listen to, uh, please uh, share it with a friend. Uh, tell your mailman the next uh, mailman you see. Tell him about wrist on tap. See if you can get him interested. Ask him about music. Tell him about music. Tell me talk about football and anime and stuff. But thank you all very much for listening uh if you'd like to listen to any of our previous episodes you can head on over to riffsontap.com once again that's riffsontap.com where you can find the links to all the previous episodes as well as our playlist of music we talk about a lot of music on this show and we like to share that with y'all on those playlists you have an apple playlist and a spotify playlist where you can go ahead and take a look at some of the music we've been listening to as well as some of the music that we've talked about uh we always are adding new music there uh I'm constantly finding new stuff and I just added them on the fly as I go. Uh, But take a listen to that and let us know if you have any suggestions or recommendations, please let them know as well. And hopefully we can add them to the playlist. But once again, uh, this has been Riffs on Tap episode number 55. We thank you very much and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.